All right, let's get back into it. Dan Moulton, Dave Sparrow, and Ginny Roth. And the question of Doug Ford having reduced city council by, well, roughly half from uh, 47 in the upcoming election campaign down to 25. Look, one of the, the principal talking points around this is that constituency representation is going to be compromised. Dan, you think it will be? Uh, I think that it's not a bad thing to have a more efficient decision-making process at Toronto City Council. That, fun, full stop. Oh. I, I, I actually Ooh. think that that's the right decision. However, mm. however, I think two things were wrong with this. One, he did it in the middle of the election, which was dumb. Uh, bad decision. Uh, secondly... It does not change the number of issues that individual constituents have or problems that individual constituents are facing and need help from a counselor for. Right. And so I think if you're going to do this, you're going to make decision making at the big council easier. You need to do something about a, a lower level of council. You need, uh, we need councils back like it was before the megacity. We need something at a local level where people can go and access an elected representative that can help them. Does it need to be an elected representative? You call 311 and you get somebody there who's doing the spade work, the actual stuff. Uh, who no, needs but often you need a counselor to yeah. be your champion. Yeah. Yeah, but the, but the reason that they suck at it now is just because they suck at it. I mean, Rob Ford just browbeat uh, city staff into to, to answering, you know, 311 calls and dealing with the issues. Right. And it w- had nothing to do with the number of people in his ward and everything to do with his just dogged insistence on giving people his cell phone numbers and fixing their problems. And there are no, plenty but- of counselors, incumbents, who get reelected every time uh, because they're not forced into competition, uh, which they will be this time, thanks to Doug Ford. Uh, uh, they don't have to, to, to sing for their supper. Well, they don't they have are to fight forced for their into competition. Is we have lots of people run for office every time and people do... Okay, but what's uh, the incumbency advantage in this? city of Toronto. There's no question that name recognition is huge, but I will say that we underestimate the impact that local representatives have in their communities. And in fact, I believe that municipal government is the most important level of government. It's where you actually have access to individuals who can change what happens in your daily life, whether your garbage gets picked up, whether the dead raccoon in the middle of the road gets gets taken away, um, whether a stop sign goes in, whether the lights go in when an unfortunate situation Mm -hmm. like happened in Leaside where a child struck and killed uh, back in uh, 2014. These kind of things are what municipal representatives do every day. And I think that we've got this uh, kind of tenor going on where we suggest that politicians are somehow just wasting money and sitting in seats and not doing anything. And I think that's very few of them. And this is really going to affect the access we have to our representatives. And it's going to be tougher for people to get their issues heard. I think it'll make it to make them more accountable. Well, and there was also the complaint that somehow this would not allow for new uh, people who wanted to insert themselves into the process because they'd be shut out and so on and so forth. And I thought, well, you know, term limits would do that as well. Maybe term limits are a way to guarantee yeah. certain churn. Not a bad idea. I, mm-hmm. But I think, look, at, there's a lot of great ideas about how we can improve municipal decision making. I don't think shooting from the hip and making a middle of the night decision the night before nominations are due is the right approach. I think talking about wholesale reform, about how we make this a better city and how we make this a city that makes better decisions takes time. It takes effort. It doesn't happen overnight. And Doug Ford saying, cut you in half. You're fired. Half of you. Uh, like, I, I think there's a better way to do that. And well, we would have been stuck with, uh, for four more years with 47 counselors. Well, a- yeah, but- I mean, we've been navel-gazing for decades. and Nothing's gotten any better. I mean, I think the decisive action to just say, I'm going to introduce more accountability, fewer politicians uh, who, who, who... Why more accountability? But it's so disingenuous. Because there, there are, well, especially with the, with the regional chairs. I mean, when you add a layer of government, that's one more layer of government you have to go through to get things done. 
can. But it's so disingenuous to to accept the argument that Toronto City Council isn't getting anything done. The fact is, is the city well, gets you, tons you done. In lately? I've I've sat in many many hours watching City Council. I've run for City Council. Uh, I I know what it takes to make the decision to run, to bring your family up to speed on deciding to run, and I know the sacrifice people make just to put their name on the ballot. And all I'm saying is that many people. I'm agreeing with Dan, had already made that decision here, had put their names forward, and now they're suddenly told that there's only going to be half as many seats. They can run. And they just, it'll just be a little more competitive. It's, and it, I don't feel all that sad for the status quo politicians who have to actually sing for their supper and fight for the seat. I think it'll be good for democracy. Let me ask David Sparrow here, because uh, you have run federally for the NDP, as well as, uh, uh, we just pointed out, municipal council as well. Now the PCs, uh, Lisa McLeod earlier today, uh, suggesting they're going to cut or reform welfare, let's say, and uh, this basic income pilot that had been flying in Hamilton, uh, Lindsay, Thunder Bay, and I believe uh, Brantford and Brant uh, Brant County, they think that this uh, was inefficient and not the right approach to take. Uh, What do you make of this? Well, basically, I I say that if you're going to run a pilot, you need to run it through and see what the results are. To cancel a pilot halfway through, unless people are actually being injured as a result, and I just go to, if you're running a medical uh, test where you have a blind study going on, you don't cancel it halfway through unless people are actually dying. Well, they thought it was a disincentive to work. For example, a single person would draw about 17,000 guaranteed income, uh, married couple or a couple, Mm -hmm. 24,000 and change. And they thought, well, why would you want to get out there and work if you're getting this guaranteed money? But apparently it's a consolidation of other monies that they were already receiving under many different uh, banners. Uh, And and also, from my understanding, is that in other jurisdictions around the world where they've implemented this, in fact, it has very little or no effect on the idea that people are going to be malingerers and they're just going to choose not to work and receive that income. People still want to have ambition and they go out and try to make them better themselves and, and pursue occupations. And John, the point is is that the question you're asking is a valid one. Is it an effective program to deliver and will it make lives better? Will it reduce the cycle of poverty? Will it make government delivery of those programs more efficient? Those are all great questions to answer. That's what the pilot was designed to do was to answer those questions. But instead of letting it finish and getting the results, Doug Ford said no, canceling that program which is a huge waste of money and I think quite a boneheaded decision, but they canceled that, got rid of this pilot, rather than take the results in and actually make a decision based on, you know, science. The truth is, if you applied this program across the province, it would cost billions and billions of dollars, a lot more than the current system, which is also a mess and which they need to fix. It would be intellectually dishonest to continue down the path of a pilot with no intention of actually applying it across the province. So they've said, no, we're going to apply our lens, our lens that we have a mandate to apply with our majority government to how we try to fix the mess that is disability and Ontario Works and all the different programs that uh, pay people who aren't able to work, and we're going to fix it, make, you know, find some savings, actually get people to, to, to you know, give them a leg up, as it were, and, and, and get them into a job, hopefully, if they can, and take care of them if, take care of them if they can. Well, I saw they and found some savings, the they found some savings yesterday when they cut the social well, assistance well, they rates by 1.5%. Well, they increased rates no, this year by one5 They were scheduled to go up by 3%, and they cut them to 1.5%. So that's they, a cut. Okay, to be clear, yeah. rates went up. Maybe they, they also should, were cut, though. Like, let's be, let's be clear. They were, okay, they went up. But maybe they should develop that plan before they cut what what currently exists. Uh, in the article about this, there was apparently two hundred forty seven people, two hundred forty seven thousand people on ODSP, uh, and those folks uh, need need this money. They're going to need this money in the future. And uh, how how is the Ford government going to deliver uh, that money and those services? What's their plan? 
Well, they don't have. They're take, they're they don't have a plan. They're, they're exactly. undertaking a study to decide how they're going to apply their ideological lens to 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 fixing the system and the problem. Yeah, because this is a government that's going to put ideology first and say, you know, we don't think that. Yeah, their uh, ideology is for, is, for, to- is for the people. It's a frame that says we're not going to take elitist senior bureaucrats who have uh, because something worked in Sweden. Uh, we're actually going to look at, at the impact that it has on people's day to day lives. We're going to apply our for the people lens that we were enjoyed, uh, uh, elected with a majority government to implement, and we're going to apply it to. To, to social assistance. You know, social all assistance. those politicians, bureaucrats, are actually people, though. They're citizens of, they of Ontario. They're, they're people who have, have uh, insights, etc., and then they bring their knowledge and their experience and and uh, hopefully sober thought to uh, how they do this yeah. work. Well, on they can govern by slogan, like Jenny is articulating here, but I think it's better <laughs> if they actually govern based on facts. And a program oh, I, that I, was I, to test whether or not a basic income provided a a better reduction in poverty and a more efficient delivery of government services, it has value. And canceling it is just wasteful. They're coming up with something within the next 100 days, Lisa McLeod said. By the way, uh, September 30th is coming quickly as well, and the federal government doesn't seem to have a handle on how to deal with these asylum seekers being housed in hotels now in Mississauga, Markham, and uh, elsewhere. We'll talk about that in a moment when we come back with our panel. Dan Moulton, Dave Sparrow, and Jenny Roth here on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.